So why am I showing dumb YouTube videos here in church? Say koinonia. Koinonia. Koinonia means close. And since we've been pastoring um, for the last four years and four weeks or something like that, we have noticed that the number one pre the number one reason that people um, I'll just say fail in the Christian life or become disappointed in, the, in, in church or kind of go sour on the local church is because they wanted to orbit out here at a safe distance. And if you're on that merry-go-round and you're way out on the edge, you got no chance. You got no chance. The only way to stay connected is be close to the center of God's will as you can get. And that's what koinonia is. The only problem is finding a place where you can get close without getting hurt. Uh, I have found that it is virtually universal. That people have been hurt in church. Disappointed in church. And if you haven't yet, <laughs> you better hang on. Because <laughs> it's going to start spinning even faster. And my advice to you would be to get closer. If my life means anything, I want to be the kind of a pastor that you can trust. I'm not perfect. But I'm loyal, and I want to be the kind of a pastor that you can trust. And Cindy and I have, have taken oaths of loyalty, and we have kept those oaths. Amen. And we always will, with God's help. So God is dealing with things in people's lives where that trust has been broken. Ooh, it's quiet in here. Amen. Um, <clears throat> what's my next thing on there, please? I asked her for, like, a bunch of stuff. What's the next thing I have? Okay. Now, isn't it unusual that God would give me an assignment to teach on biblical economics and start off with something like trust because <laughs> usually, you know, we're going to hand, we're going to try to package it as gently as we can. But the bottom line is, you're supposed to give to the church, right? That's that. Come on, anybody ever been to church before? And they package it real nice and real sweet and kind of lull you to sleep with the, you know, this is going to work for you, zuma 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 thing, right? But the bottom line is, you got to give here. You got to fill up these coffers with Monet so I can count de Monet. That's not the message you're going to get here today. <clears throat> Say the gift of giving. The gift of giving. Giving, is a, giving is a gift. Can you turn with me to, uh, can you give me the message translation 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6? 
2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, in the message translation. <clears throat> oh, I love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I worship you. Huh? 2 Corinthians chapter 9. How's everybody doing? Everybody okay? Anybody in a hurry? We got lunch here in a little bit. It's going to be good. Mexican food. Huh? Us Mexicans really know how to cook, man. Let me tell you. Huh? Huh? Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter 9. Giving is a gift. Oh boy. <laughs> can, can you go back a verse? The message is a little... He comes in in the middle of a sentence there. Can you go back a verse? Remember... A stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over. And Did we already receive the offering? Did we already receive the offering? So I ain't working you for money, right? Right? I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over. You should already know what you want to give before you come to church. We've been in church situations where there's some manipulation. Where they say, husbands and wives, both you pray about how much you're supposed to give in this offering. You know, and the lights are on, man. You know? And then you're supposed to, you know, consult with one another. What's your number? Well, I had $5. What's yours? 5000 And then the, the, the minister says, the higher number is probably God. That's not how you're supposed to hear from God, by the way. I would keep my money in my pocket if I was in a situation like that. Amen. Plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. Next, please. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. Let me help you a little bit here. There's some very powerful television commercials that come on several times an hour working you for $19 a month. You can give $19 million a month and it's not Neo because it's sob stories. I'm inviting you to partner with this, with this ministry. And blessed be God, I will partner with you. I have a deeper commitment. I'm supposed to have the deepest commitment. Smile, Pastor. Be sweet to the people here. I'm supposed to have the deepest commitment in the whole house. Not you. You're supposed to be inspired by my commitment. Not controlled by manipulation. Say culture of commitment. I'm supposed to be breeding a culture of commitment in this house by, my, by the depth of my commitment. You better get the podcast and listen to this again. We're in some pretty deep water here. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. God loves it when a giver delights in the giving. And if you're being manipulated, you can't. If you're being guilt tripped, you can't. Next, please. <clears throat> 
God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything, more than just ready to do what needs to be done, as one psalmist puts it. In Psalm 112, he's quoting here. He throws caution to the winds. <laughs> you know, hey, you should be a hilarious, crazy giver. I know some people that are like that. It's a lifestyle of seed sowing. Everywhere you go, you're liable to blow somebody up. Right? That's fun. That's fun. That's living, man. That's living. <laughs> he throws caution to the winds. Next, please. Giving to the needy in reckless abandon. Really, Jesus? <laughs> His right living, right giving ways never run out, never wear out. The, am I, I'm yelling, huh? I'm very excited here. This most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you can give away, which grows into full form lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way. Brother, sister, real prosperity is not just money. Like Brother Copeland said, I've heard him say it once, I've heard him say it many times. Money is the lowest form of prosperity. Real prosperity, man, is being cool no matter what the devil throws at you. Ha! I am not intimidated, devil. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what the lawyer says. I don't even care what the TV says. I'm cool. That's, pros that's where prosperity begins. That's when you have fertile soil in your life for the seed of God's word to bear much fruit. Okay, praise the Lord. So that you can be generous in every Next, please. Way. Producing with us great praise to God. Next, please. Carrying out this social relief work involves four more. Well, well, you know, he's talking about sending aid and assistance to other Christians that are struggling right now. Okay. Social relief. That's not my best choice of words, but this is a, this is a paraphrase. Okay. Take, what you, take what's good. and You know, you got to be as smart as an old cow, don't you? An old cow is smart enough to eat the hay and spit out the what? Sticks, right? <laughs> Come on. Carrying out this giving relief work involves far more than helping meet the bare needs of poor Christians. It also produces abundant and bountiful thanksgivings to God. This relief offering is a prod to live at your very best, showing your gratitude to God by being openly obedient to the plain meaning of the message of Christ. You show your gratitude, you show your gratitude through your generous offerings to the needy brothers and sisters and really toward everyone. Meanwhile, moved by the extravagance of God in our lives, they'll respond by praying for you in passionate intercession for whatever you need. Thank God for this gift, the gift of giving. Because it produces something when it's done right. <clears throat> The gift of giving produces partnership. It should grow out of partnership and it should produce a deeper partnership. I think this is one of the missing ingredients because people ask me all the time about, well, what about my giving? I want to have the very best soil available. The New Testament model is partnership. Koinonia, communion. There it is. Very simple stuff. 
Well, don't I have to say the right stuff and think the right stuff and live right? Yeah, that's all important, but it's not as important as being in the right model. Now, can I go back to my PowerPoint, please? The gift of giving. I'm going to explain to you and I'm going to show you what the different models of giving were throughout Bible history. Can I teach some? Okay, you can learn. You can learn, a lot. You can learn more in here in 30 minutes than you will in 20 years in that school, <laughs> school system out there. Next, please. Dispensations. Say dispensations. God has dispensational dealings with man in different times. Some things are universal and never change. Faith and obedience, is, it never changes. God is love. That never changes. But God had to deal with mankind in different dispensations. And there's a lot of reasons why. And I... I, I it, I'll just give you a basic framework of understanding what the differences are. In the beginning... It was called the dispensation of, go, go back, you were there, you were there, innocence. In the beginning, it was called the dispensation of innocence. Did you know that things were different when Adam and Eve were in the garden than they are now? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Were things different there than they are now? Oh, yeah. A lot different, huh? Yep. They did, the Bible says they didn't even know they were naked. Now, if somebody's walking down the street today and they don't know they're naked, we call that mental illness. Right? You're, you ever been to Boulder? We were, we were in Boulder. We took an evangelist. We wanted to show him the, you know, the crown jewel of our area, right? Took him to the Pearl Street Mall. And here is a person walking naked down the Pearl Street Mall. I turned to the evangelist and I said, if the roles were reversed, would you apologize? He said, no. I said, good. Then that means we're right where we belong, right? This is why we're here. We, we are salt and light in a lost and dying world. So in the dispensation of innocence, the model under Adam was the tree. Are you with me? Are you learning? Pay attention now, come on, I, I, the, more, the more you draw, the more we can teach, okay? Okay, I'm being sweet, right? Amen. Holy Ghost told me to be nice on the way to church today, amen? Didn't she? Yes, okay. <laughs> now, in the, in, the, in the beginning, in the dispensation of innocence... <clears throat> God told the man, he said, you can freely eat from anything you want to in this whole garden. But you see that one tree over there, son? That's mine. Now, that's the Brian Lee translation, but that's about what he said, isn't it? He said, don't, don't eat that. Don't, don't eat that. The day that you eat that, you shall surely die. die. Amen. The tree was a picture of the difference between, let me put it like this. The tree was an acknowledgement of our dependence on God. If mankind had not eaten of the tree, 
he would have been perpetually acknowledging his dependence upon God for all things. And you have to understand who Adam was. He was created in the image of God. I don't have time to get into all the science and everything like that. Well, I'll give you a little bit. Before Noah's flood, the, the, old, the King James calls it a firmament. There was some kind of a bubble around planet Earth. Here we go. Hang on tight. There was, uh, I guess, uh, three times the barometric pressure or some such. A man could assimilate like twice the oxygen. You could run from here to Kansas City and not get tired. <laughs> I mean, Adam could pick up Vaughn Miller with one hand and chuck him through the goalposts. You got to understand that Adam was the God of this world. Full of wisdom, full of anointing, full of power, just like God. God asked him one thing, acknowledge that this comes from me. Acknowledge that everything you have comes from me. Can you do it? Because if you can do that one thing, you can have everything. Anything. All things. Unlimited. He did not pass the test, did he? And in doing so, he said, I am no longer going to be dependent on God. And, we, and he fell. And we entered into a new dispensation. God had to deal with mankind now differently. Praise the Lord. Next, please. The next dispensation is called the dispensation of conscience. Because he told the man, he said, in the day that you eat of that tree, you will know good. And it's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mankind had no knowledge of good and evil before he ate of the tree. Andrew Womack has a really good book out now, his new book called Who Told You You're Naked? Talks about what happened to a man when his eyes were opened to good and evil and he lost that communion with God. See, God was in him in the day he was created. When he ceased acknowledging his dependence upon God, the spirit of God and the spirit of the man were separated. It's called spiritual death. And now, instead of the Holy Spirit leading and guiding the man, he is now left with only his conscience. People, I've heard people say, well, let your conscience be your guide. Careful with that. <laughs> Better be careful. The Spirit of God is supposed to be guiding you, not your conscience. Because here's the thing. Has anybody ever sinned besides me? Don't raise your hand, please. <laughs> John's raising hands and feet back there. Well, because we have sinned, one of the biggest ordeals we go through in the Christian life is dealing with the condemnation and a polluted conscience and a feeling of insufficiency and a feeling of low self-esteem and I'm no good and I can't do it and I head down and just going through life. That's what a conscience can do to you. 
in, in 1 John, he talks about, he says, God knows your heart. And if your heart is condemned, it wrecks your faith. God's not condemning you. God, God is not condemning you. God is not condemning anybody. Jesus said in John 3.16, anybody know it? Do you know John 3.15 and John 3.17? He said, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. He didn't send Jesus to condemn anybody. God's not condemning nobody. The worst Republican dope dealer you know. God is not condemning them. We do sometimes, don't we? Oh, that guy's going to hell. This guy, I know they're going to hell. No, you don't. No, you don't. I know these people, they died, and I just know that. No, you don't know where they went. Stop it. God can save somebody, I mean, on the precipice, sliding off into the pit. He does it every day. People cry out to God, maybe even under their breath where you can't hear it. I just don't like that. Well, nobody, you know, we're not the judge. So in the dispensation of conscience after the fall of man, the model was the present. If you look at, uh, I'm going to look over here at, uh, can you go with me to uh, Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, please? Talks about in the process of time. Uh, uh, Adam knew his wife and she bare him a son Cain right then she he uh, she bare him another son he named him Abel now Abel was a tiller of the ground it said excuse me uh, it says that Cain was a tiller of the ground and Abel was a keeper of sheep and it says in the process of time they brought an offering to the Lord and Cain brought of the fruit of the ground right I think I'm in verse three or four now Brought an offering to the Lord, the fruit of the ground, an offering to the Lord. Now this word offering here, if you go, um, either one of these verses has this word offering in it. He brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. That word offering is the word present. Brought a present to the Lord. (laughs) Now there's still elements of our giving today where we, you can still get your daddy a present. But see, that's all they had. They had lost communion. God's been working for thousands of years to get us to where we can have communion with him. They did not have communion. They just had to bring him a present. Now, I have customers. We still have a family business. And sometimes you don't know if your customer likes you or not. Sometimes they give you the face, right? Right? So we, we deal with some sharks, <laughs> very rich, wealthy people that they know how to negotiate and they will kick you to the curb in a moment. You know what the best way to keep them from doing that? Bring them a little present every now and then, yep. <laughs> right? Christmas card. Hey, I pulled that weed there for you, <laughs> right? Bring them a little present every now and then. That's kind of where they were. And Abel, the present that he, excuse me, Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering to the Lord. Next, please. 
Abel brought of the firstlings of the flock and the fat thereof. What did he bring? His what? His first and his best. Can you guys hang on with me here for a couple more minutes? Can you hang on with me for, till, for a few more minutes? You could do this. You could do this. Cain's offering was not special. Abel's offering was special. Next verse, please. But unto Cain and to his offering, he didn't, God did not respect the man or his offering. Because it was not brought with a whole heart. You know, I could, I could, men, have you ever given your wife a present that was not given with a whole heart? A vacuum cleaner for your anniversary? It better be attached to a Ferrari or something, man, right? <laughs> All right. Let's move along briskly here. Back to the PowerPoint, if you would, please. The next dispensation was the dispensation of the law under Moses. And in Exodus chapter 25, verse 1, he says, Tell the children of Israel... Every man is to bring an offering to the Lord. That word offering there in Exodus chapter 25 verse 1 is the word contribution. Or it means contribution. Because they were contributing to the well-being of the governmental system which had been set up. Now when you bring an offering to church, are you contributing to the well-being of the governmental system that God has set up? Yes, you are. There is such a thing as church government. But they did not have the element of partnership under Moses. They were under the law. Because he said, only take willing offerings. Everybody's got to bring one. But Moses, if it's not a willing offering, it's to be rejected. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. Next, please. You and I are in the dispensation of grace under Jesus. And under grace, the, the model of giving is partnership. Under grace, the model, Jesus has welcomed us into fellowship, into partnership with himself. What does God own? Everything. So what do you own? Everything. Because you're his kids. You're his partner, right? Next, please. What is koinonia? It is partnership or partaking. Say these words with me. Say partnership. partnership. Partaking. partaking. You, you, he has made us partakers. Look it up in your Bible. We are partakers with Christ. That's a holy word. It means you share. He'll take a bite of that sandwich and pass it to you. And you can take a bite and back and forth. You, you eat that sandwich together. Come on, guys. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the... You read this last week if you're doing your readings. Text. Text. F-O-F-B-L-M. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Text F-O-F-B-L-M to 77977. And you'll get the app and you can follow along in your Bible readings. You read this last week. Yes. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens unto me, I will come in and sup with him. You're going to share a Burger King. You're going to be pulling Whoppers out of the same bag with Jesus. That's a privilege. That's a privilege. 
Say communication. communication. Or communion. communion. Distribution. Distribution. See, churches are supposed to be, Christians are supposed to be distributors. Yeah. Well, this is supposed to be a distribution center of the kingdom. We're supposed to be distributing love. Healing, salvation, billions of dollars. Fellowship, friendship, and family. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. All right, I'm almost done. Can you wait with me for just a moment while I see what the Lord wants to do in the last couple minutes here? Galatians chapter 6, and I'm going to wrap it up with this, okay? Did you enjoy the YouTube videos today? You notice when those guys are slinging around there, what's the first thing that they lose, right? You ever heard somebody say, I lost my head? (laughs) Right? That's significant because... The enemy is going to work on your head to get you out of the center of God's will. That's That's all he can do. He's going to lie to you. He's going to tell you this ain't working. You know, my cousin tried that and it didn't work for her. You might as well just quit and just go get high. And if you start thinking those thoughts, your head's going to start doing this. Galatians chapter 6. Can I have it in the, uh, can I have it in the, uh, the message, please? Galatians chapter 6, verse 6, please. Are you learning today? Are you learning? I'm almost yeah. done. Lunch is, is going to be ready here in a minute. You know, in school, they make you stay a lot longer than this, and they don't teach you what I did in the last 45 minutes. Come on. You'll be in there years. They'll never teach you this. Be very sure now, you who have been trained to a self-sufficient... Can I have the NLT? Would you mind going to the NLT, please? New Living Translation. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of... uh, I need verse 4. Good, you're doing great. Those who are taught the Word of God should provide for their teachers... There it is. I can't change it. It's in the Bible. The Bible says, Paul wrote to the church and said, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. He's talking about the minister being supported by those he ministers to. Over the last four years, I've been pretty reluctant to even talk about this because I don't want to manipulate anybody. I don't want to do any arm twisting or tell no sob stories, and I never will. If you won the lottery, if you won a billion dollars in the lottery, I would not say anything to you about, well, don't you think you should put your ties in the Family of Faith International Church? I wouldn't say a word to you. So help me Jesus. 
I've been in churches where they found out my dad was a cardiologist. And the preacher comes up to me and says, <clears throat> your dad's a doctor, huh? I said, yeah. Well, I think he needs a tax shelter. A sizable contribution to our organization would provide your dad with That's called manipulation. I'm reluctant to even go over these verses. But you know, you guys know me. Me and Cindy put thousands of dollars in this church. And we're glad to do it. I'm going to keep on doing it. You watch me get rich too doing it. Huh? Watch me. I mean, there's been times when we were... Had tough times since we opened the door. You never heard me whimper not one bit, did you? Nope. <laughs> Smile, Pastor. This is good. This is the Word of God. Those who are taught in the Word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things. Say things. things. You know what things are? Things. <laughs> Back in the olden days, that means you bring the, the preacher a mess of food or something, right? Yeah. Right? Or you help him skin his coyote or something, right? <laughs> right? Next, please. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. In context, what's he talking about? In context, he's talking about partnership. He's talking about fellowship. He's talking about your relationship with the man of God. I'm almost done. Let me get this out. I think it's 2 Chronicles 20.20. I'm not going to go there. You can look it up. He says... Believe the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. Your prosperity is directly linked to your trust relationship with the man of God that is over you. Praise the Lord. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Are you planting koinonia? I am. Next, please. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature or flesh, that's preacher or member. Either one. Those who live only to satisfy their own flesh will harvest decay and death from that flesh. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life. Zoe life. Man, if you got Zoe life, I mean, you touch your wallet and it's going to blossom. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Next, please. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. What's he talking about? Is he talking about good, warm, fuzzy feelings? Or is he talking about paying off your house yep. early, right. buying your mama a car, cash? A nice one with an 8.4 inch touchscreen, leather seats, twin turbos. Next, please. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. I came upstairs and I showed this to Cindy this morning. She says, I showed you that two years ago. I said, I knew that. I was just wondering if you remembered it. 
Let me say this to you. There's people, let me, let me put this in context. There's people that serve in this church other than me that work, their, that work hard to, to make this happen. Amen? There's a lot of work goes into this. It's okay for you to partner with them. Now most, I mean, you can go to church your whole life and the preacher will never say, it's okay to take your tithes if the Lord tells you to and give it to somebody in the church. Especially if they're serving. It's okay to take your tithes and pay off somebody's house. Yeah. In this church. Maybe somebody sitting next to you is going to pay off your house. Why not? Why not? If, 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 if somebody in this church paid off somebody else's church... Do you think I'd be saying, you should have given that to me? You're, if, if that's my heart, you got, you got the wrong preacher. If you paid off you, somebody sitting next to you, you bought them a car or paid off their house or gave them a million dollars or something, I would be celebrating. Yes. I would be shouting it from the rooftops. Do you think that would uh, develop, do you think that would generate any interest in this fellowship? If, some, if that got out in the news media or something like that was happening here? 